Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. We feature guests of varying backgrounds and lived experiences to share their empowering stories, knowledge, and insights. Our goal is for you, the listener, to fill your mind with empowering content to further empower your human. I'm your host, Inkeeching Waffle Robinson, and founder and CEO of Empowered in My Skin, Inc. I'm an award-winning technology executive, having been awarded Most Powerful Women in Canada Top 100 by the Women's Executive Network, WXN, in 2020. But that's not all. I'm a proud author, an International Federation of Bodybuilding Pro Athlete, an inspirational speaker, and viral sensation with speeches that have been viewed over 10 million times worldwide. I trust that you are already feeling empowered. So please listen, leave a review, share the podcast, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day. Amazing humans. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. We had a little bit of a B-Rose. I'm really excited. I'm actually really excited about this next guest. And not only that, because I'm actually looking at, like, I'm looking at her space. So it is a she. I'm looking at her space and just already just the conversations we had, the research that we did. And I believe this is going to be a good one. So she is a certified and credentialed life coach and hypnotherapist, masterful speaker, and courageous communication expert. Like, come on. You already you know why she's here. <laughs> she uses her roles as coach, writer, podcaster, and speaker to move individuals to a place of radical personal development and self-worth. With acute focus on helping people finding their voice, she is highly sought after for her uncommon style of irreverence, wisdom, and humor, and has, a, and has been a featured expert in Inspired Coach Magazine and on Fox 5 San Diego. I trust that you're as excited as I am to learn more about our amazing guest. So please give her a big, gigantic, humongous podcast welcome to Amy Greensmith. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Everyone needs to like have that on their alarm when they wake up every morning. Like you're the perfect type woman. I love it. And, and you know what I'm going to do just because we talked about it? I actually, so we, we had a question, so I am letting you know, there might be some explicit words used in this podcast, but it's okay for me because if I need this to be like totally from a place of true self-empowerment. So everyone can really understand and feel what that feels like. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I love I'm it. on board. Okay. There we go. So that was my disclaimer, everybody. So if you don't want explicit words, then this is not the podcast episode for you, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, let's see where we go. So my first question for you, Amy, is what was your most empowered thought that you had today? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want you to think about it. Well, I'm so glad that you, I'm so glad you gave that disclaimer because Probably the most empowered <laughs> thought that I've had today is I am a bad bitch. Okay. <laughs> it's like, see, this is what I'm saying. Like you had to, I, right. Okay. Yeah. I think that was, that has probably been, yeah, my most, most empowering thought today. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I've been going through a, a handful of things, you know, where you get kind of down in yourself or you get kind of discouraged. And I, I always find that those are the perfect moments where something kind of falls into your lap, where a previous client or somebody stops by and says, 
you know, your work really means something to me or, you know, you always get those little loving, loving winks from the universe. And I had had a colleague reach out who said some, some really lovely things. And I was like, that's right. I am a bad bitch. I, I forgot for that. a minute, but I am back. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's so funny that you share that. Just true, true. I'm in a new space in my career and, um, and it's, you know, there's, I'm learning a lot, like a lot. Every single day is like I'm on this learning journey. And uh, and I gave up the imposter syndrome a long time ago. But what that does leave me with is I'm in these situations where all of a sudden this question is dropped on me. And as the leader, the most senior person that that meeting is for, you're now being asked to opine and to share and to mm-hmm. like pontificate. And, and all of a sudden I was like, I'm not about... I'm, I'm definitely faith at team make it, but I'm not going to fake it till I make it, you know? And mm-hmm. I, in that moment, I felt this like quick anxiety come up for me. And then I said, mm-hmm. you know what? There's not a, this is not, this is not, I don't need confidence right now. I just need courage. Mm-hmm. I yep. just need courage, you know, and to share that's what right. I actually do know and just know that that's enough. And it's like, had I had that bad bitch, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that, that's what it felt like. Because then afterwards they're like, oh, this is great. This is great. I was like, oh man, I'm a bad bitch. You know? <laughs> yeah, I well, used that I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. So it, it, quite a while ago, I did like a little series on imposter complex. And mm-hmm. I started looking at like, okay, what's the difference between people who really are quote successful and folks that, that are not, you know, because we're all experiencing fear. And so I saw all of these quotes from like Michelle Obama, Maya Angelou, uh, Tina Fey, Meryl Streep, all these incredible women talking about feeling like an imposter. And I was like, what's the difference here? The difference is that, and you, you kind of sized this up already, that you are in the throes of fear. You have an element of fear, but you choose courage mm. and you choose that courage over and over and over and over again. And that's what gives you confidence. That's Mm -hmm. how you supersede the, you know, the imposter complex. I love to say that courage cannot exist without fear. Mm. So Mm -hmm. every time we have fear, every time we have trepidation or nerves or anxiety, that is an opportunity for courage. Courage, And that's, that's your call and depends on the situation, of course. But that's the one thing that I saw with these incredible visionary women Mm -hmm. in our culture and our generation that they chose courage Mm -hmm. over and over it wasn't that they're void of fear Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good way that's a really good way of putting it that's a really good way so my next question for you before we get into like the main questions is you know if I fast forward like end in mind sermon at the end of mind what do you want to be known for at the end of this episode Ooh, (laughs) I got another Ooh, I like that. that That's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, I think it would be where somebody started to see speaking up for themselves or establishing a boundary in a different light, in a different light that felt more empowering for them. Mm. Um, Obviously the theme of your show, but I think a lot of times, especially in personal development, we will be thrown these these ideas around, well, just find your voice. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. What do you mean just find it? What do you mean? Or just, you need to love yourself. Well, okay, I'll get right on that. What <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Yeah, like, yeah. give me some quantifiable step-by-step tactical action plan or give me something that that really jars 
what I've always believed Mm -hmm. that kind of jumbles that up a little bit where I can go, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I've been, maybe I've been casting so much blame that Mm -hmm. I'm not looking at my own responsibility. Maybe I have been allowing fear to rule the show. Mm -hmm. Maybe I do have an opportunity for courage, right. Or even a perspective shift around why we tend to people please. So Mm -hmm. I would love something to just shift for folks around what they believe is possible around using their voice or establishing boundary. I love that. And as is the title of this episode about find your voice, mm-hmm. I, there's two, there's two, there's um, a couple angles that I want to sort of take you down, like question, question. Yeah. Period. So boundaries. And then also what does it actually mean to find your voice? So you being mm-hmm. the expert here, does it do, should we start with boundaries or should we, do we go to finding your voice and then after t- talk about boundaries? Is there an order to that? Let's yeah, let's start with boundaries okay. and then that will dovetail nicely into what okay. finding your voice is. So then my first question is what does it actually mean to establish boundaries? And what might yeah. that look like? Okay, so a boundary typically I will look at that as very simply something you are either that you are drawing a line in the sand saying, I'm not gonna tolerate this anymore, or this needs to happen going forward. And Oftentimes in my work, I'm talking about it, not necessarily through the lens of a personal boundary, like something that you have to establish with self, although you can, but rather through the lens of how do I establish boundaries with other individuals Mm -hmm. in my life, which Mm -hmm. is very closely tethered to our relationship with people pleasing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's worth noting that the reason why we don't speak up, the reason we don't establish boundaries is oftentimes because we have such a significant investment in the opinions of other people. So we have to look at this people pleasing element. And a lot of times people will say, well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a people pleaser because they visualize a, a people pleaser being somebody who's like meek and mm. quiet mm. and never speaks up. But then if I say to you, are you highly invested in the opinions of other people? You can have the most gregarious, you know, type A personality be like, hell yes, I'm worried about people's opinion all the time. And guess what? You're, you're falling in that people pleasing category. Now, I think it's worth underlining here about certain phrases or concepts that we use in personal development around people-pleasing, for example, and then we'll talk about specifically how that relates to boundaries, where we demonize a concept, like you should not be a perfectionist, you should never be a people-pleaser, you you know, like really, really where we try to have a black and white situation. But people-pleasing is actually an iteration of our fawn response, like fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And it's a way in which we take care of ourselves. So it's likely that if you are a people-pleaser, you developed that behavioral tactic early on in life because it kept you safe. Mm. If you had a really volatile upbringing or aggressive parents or alcoholism or abuse, And you learned, ooh, if I placate, if I acquiesce, if I make sure these people are okay, I stay safe. So no wonder you embody those same behavioral tactics now in the office or now with your partnerships or in romantic relationships. So I want you to recognize that even if you have these these tendencies, it doesn't mean you just developed them for the hell of it. You did that 
because that was your best way to take care of yourself at the time. And furthermore, sometimes it is still the best tactic. Mm -hmm. For example, you know, I, I share this uh, as my own personal lived experience. If I, you know, I identify as a queer individual, if I'm around an environment that is clearly anti LGBTQ plus, that's not my moment to stand up and speak my truth and get on. If I'm actually physically in danger, Mm -hmm. people pleasing might be the perfect tactic. Yeah, I get it. So I think it's important that we don't all say all the time, or if you're in an abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. people pleasing sometimes is it as a good tactic to use. So I think it's important to just get it out there Mm -hmm. that we're not going to say it's always bad. Mm -hmm. But I would venture a guess that folks listening are thinking, oh, shit, there is there are a lot of times when I silence myself and I'm not actually in danger. I'm just worried about how I might be perceived or, quote, rocking the boat or opening up a can of worms Mm -hmm. or all the other idioms that we have around it. Mm. So what do we do with that? I think the first piece is examining, and this is one of the best places to find your boundaries. Is this this three-step, you have a three-step process. Is this part of it? That's right. This is sort of like the preliminary piece to that. So this would be first before we even get into the steps would be finding where you need to establish boundaries. And it's usually the places that you people please. It's usually the places you haven't given voice to something. So the easiest place to find it is what you complain about the most or who you complain about the most to the wrong people. So what I mean by that is if you are so furious with a coworker, it's likely that you've spoken up about it, but it's probably your partner that's gotten an earful, like your spouse, right? Or maybe you're so frustrated with your mom, but you only talk to your therapist about it. You never actually talk to your mom. Mm -hmm. So I'm not talking about just, you know, when we need to come home and we need to vent and we need to complain and get stuff out. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when it's chronically Mm -hmm. something you complain about someone you complain about and you have not taken action on telling them directly telling them directly because another trend that we've seen kind of in the personal development space is well i'm just going to label them toxic and now i don't have to have any tough conversations (laughs) (laughs) i'm just going to label them a narcissist and that way I don't have to take any ownership on how I behave. You know what you, you know what you're doing right now, right? You're talking. Am I calling some, your ass out? You're calling. I think you're calling my ass and like seven point four billion other people too. It's an it's wow. an easy thing to do. So I always like to say, wow, you need to at least give other people the opportunity to be what you need. Woo! You need to at least give other people the opportunity to be what you need. If you haven't spoken up and said in very crystal clear, calm terms, hey, listen, when you do, when these sorts of things happen in the workplace, here's how that affects me. Here's how that, I interpret that. Here's what I pose as something, as an alternative If you haven't done that and all you've done is run to someone else and bitched and moaned about it, congratulations, you are a complainer. That is what you want. Like, we at least need to give them the opportunity to be what we need. Otherwise, it's wildly unfair. 
think about if you were in that situation and let's say your mother-in-law had a major issue with you and you had no idea and you were just going out like, why is she so sad? Why is she pissed at me all the time? What, what is that behavior? I don't, uh, I don't know. But had she come to you and said, hey, listen, when you do these things, here's what comes up for me. I don't know if you meant this comment that way. And then you get to say, oh, wow, I did not mean that. Okay, aptly noted. Let me shift that. So if the situation was reversed, we would want that same grace. Mm, we would want that true. ability to go, I had no idea that landed that way. That is true. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about... What does a boundary look like? These so hold are on, the I just steps. have to, just one, okay. before what about, I, you know, to a lot of people, especially when people ask about mindset, like mindset for me, mental toughness is a lifestyle. Mindset's a yep. lifestyle. Like it's something that you continue to acquire and adopt and grow and evolve. And I am so adopting that as a life principle. You need to give people, to give other people, I want to say, you want a chance to be the person that you need. Give others the opportunity to be what you need. That is so big. That's a great principle. Because I think a lot of times we get really mired in our pain and our hurt and what we perceive. So there's the situation of what actually happened, Mm -hmm. and then there's how we interpret it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so once we interpret it, we run with that story. Mm -hmm. We double down on that story and then we gather evidence to support it. So if I've already determined that this person in my workplace has it out for me after there was maybe one comment that was made. And then I jump to this conclusion that they have it out for me around every corner. I'm going to be looking for the evidence to support that story. Hey, <laughs> right. So I have a, I have a, I have a follow on question, just double clicking just a little, cause I do want to get to three-step process. Yeah. Is it in your, in your experience? Isn't, do you, how well are people with knowing what they need? Oh, not very well. <laughs> not great. <laughs> um, but we're also very seldomly asked what we need, mm-hmm. right? We're usually prescribed. Oh, you know what you need to do? You need to go listen to this podcast. Oh, you know what you need to do? Go work out. Oh, you know, instead of, hey, how can mm-hmm. I support you the best through this? Mm-hmm. If anyone out there has ever lost anyone, you know, where you've gone through death, everyone wants to tell you how to deal with it. Yeah. Here's how you, instead of just, what do you need? Do you need me to not talk to you at all? Mm-hmm. Do you need me to? And so I think one of the best things that you can do there as the other person is to give them, first of all, the freedom of, if you do find out what you need from mm-hmm. me, the door is open. Mm-hmm. Also, here's a couple of ideas So in that scenario, if I were to say, hey, listen, I'm so sorry you're dealing with this loss. I know for me, everyone wanted to give me a ton of advice. Let me just ask you, how can I support you the best? Mm -hmm. And if you're not sure, feel free to tell me I need time and space. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I need encouraging words. I need a hug. I need to cry. I need to this. I need to that. So you can give people some, some like, hey, here's some options, options yeah, or or even here's my gut instinct. Mm-hmm. My gut instinct is I want to fix it for you, and that's probably not what you need. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you can always talk about that. But giving people, other people, the opportunity to be what you need, usually in that situation, you can, it's the opposite of whatever has pissed you off. Okay. So if let's say it's a micromanaging boss, okay. Mm -hmm. And they just constantly are on you and on you and on you. And you have never said anything. They might think that they're being extra helpful. They might think that they are supporting you because you haven't given them any reason to believe that it's landing in a different way. Mm -hmm. So if you're in that situation, you're going, well, this pisses me right on off. I don't like this behavior. I don't like that behavior. And I'm making that mean, right? The way I've interpreted that Mm -hmm. is they don't think I'm competent. Mm -hmm. They don't think I can do things on my own. Mm -hmm. They don't trust me, right? We create the story. So in that situation, what we know we do not want is the micromanaging. Mm -hmm. So if we're in a corporate situation, come with a very specific solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. So going to that person and, and this applies to really any type of speaking up situation to go to that person and say, Hey, listen, there've been some things that have come up for me that I haven't shared with you that I think would be a total surprise to you. And that is unbelievably unfair because you would have no idea that I'm having these, these sentiments. So I'd love to have this open dialogue Mm. and then say, when these things happen at work, here's what happens for me. Here's the impact. Here's my interpretation. Here's how it lands. I'm assuming that's not your intent. What are your thoughts, right? If it's a collaborative conversation, then we can have a conversation about it. And then making your request. Here's my very specific request. It would mean the world to me if, and then fill in the blanks. You asked this before you went and just did Mm -hmm. this thing. If you said these specific words to me instead of these triggering words to me, you have to lay down your request there. You don't always get it. That's for sure. At least you, you, at least you feel empowered because you're not sitting there saying you didn't say anything. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I have to ask you because, you know, as we're sitting here, you're doing, you do this study, do this research, you coach, you mentor, what still trips you up? You know, kind of circling back to what we were talking about before, it's, I still get fearful. Mm -hmm. I still have Like I have a situation right now with one of my very, very best friends where I need to have a tough conversation about some stuff that I think might not go the best. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten to a point now where it's physically uncomfortable for me to keep it in. Mm -hmm. It's worse. It's more painful to keep it in than it is to actually get it out. Mm -hmm. But it's sort of like... Anyone who is a public speaker or who does stage and theater, you don't ever really stop having nerves. You just keep choosing courage. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. Thank you for bringing us around that again. Okay, so three-step process. Yes. Okay, so I'll give you the three and then we'll we'll expand on them a little bit. So the first is we're going to decide on the specific boundary. Mm -hmm. The second is we are going to deliver the boundary. And the third... And possibly the worst 
is the enforcement of the boundary. (laughs) Because a lot of the times we get all of this energy up and we're so empowered and we go and deliver the boundary and then we're like, sweet, it's done. And then they breach the boundary and they're like, she doesn't mean it. She doesn't mean it. Or she just listened to this podcast and now she thinks she's a bad bitch and she, no, no, we're going to test this. Or sometimes it's not malicious at all. Sometimes it's just they're used to 30, 40, 50, 60 years of you behaving differently. And all of a sudden you have a boundary. They're like, oh, this is not a thing. No, this is not a thing. So enforcement is going to be huge. All right. So let's talk about what we do in each of these. Under the deciding the boundary, the biggest piece here is is the specificity and the clarity. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. If your partner came to you and said, I would like more romance in our relationship. You're like, okay, Okay, cool, 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 cool. But what the fuck does that mean? Is that leave me notes around the house? Does that mean plan date nights? Does that mean like grab my ass more? Does that mean leave sweet notes around the house? Does that mean tell me you're proud of me more? Like what does that mean? Okay, so (laughs) laughing is guilt, girl. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I'm like this episode, if it's not for anyone else on my listeners. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god um, universally this was for me okay go on <laughs> so this is where people will say things very well-meaning where they'll say like i need this person to just respect me more or i need them to delegate more and it's like no 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 you need to be very clear this is exact i would like for you to plan a date night for us once a month on the first Friday of every month, right? Like really clear about what that boundary is or what you're asking for. Um, I had a situation with a friend years ago who had family members that were of a different uh, faith tradition than what she was. And she felt very strongly that she did not want specific religions to be discussed around her children. And so she had to say very specifically, this is what I'm asking, that these topics are not ever broached with my children, that you do not take them to these establishments, that you do not read these specific books, right? Like it had to be very delineated, right? Uh, especially if somebody feels very differently than you, they will look for the loophole. Mm-hmm. They will mm-hmm. look for how much, because remember, we're also dealing with people who tend to people please or tend to, I'll just be quiet to make this all easier. Mm-hmm. So people will take that and run with it. So you have to stand in your power around this. The second element is the delivery. And we could go on, we could do a whole show just on the delivery. What I will say with this one is ask for conversational consent. Mm. Nobody Mm. likes, hey, I need to talk to you. Nobody likes that. So, or we need to talk. Oh, great. I can't wait. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, that laugh is not guilt, but that laugh is like, I've experienced that. I love that you're like, I need to clarify what is. (laughs) Um, 
So the delivery, saying something like this, like using softer language, saying something like, hey, there's some stuff that's been on my mind. I'd love to run it by you, or I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Do you have any time tomorrow or the next day? Or I don't feel fully settled with the conversation we had last week. I'd love to revisit that with you. Do you have some time? A lot of times when we get gung-ho and all empowered and we're ready to have the conversation the other person may have just gotten their ass handed to them by their boss Mm -hmm. or maybe they just got done cleaning up a huge mess with their children it's it's really important that you come to that conversation already trying to elicit that uh, Mm -hmm. reciprocity of respect Mm -hmm. because we know that we have mirror neurons in the brain. We will naturally mimic Mm -hmm. what other people Mm -hmm. will will do. And so if you show up ready to do battle, expect to have defensiveness come right back at you. Mm -hmm. So there's this soft element of asking for the consent. And then when you actually sit down and talk using gratitude, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me or I know things have been weird and heated and I just really want to own my piece in the matter. So gratitude and owning your shit. Like, Mm -hmm. is there anything you can own around this of, I really, first, I want to start off with an apology. I should not have spoken to you the way I did last week. I still feel very strongly about what we discussed, but I should have never said it in that way. And for that, I'm sorry, right? Like, mm-hmm. so anything you need to clean up, you don't mm-hmm. take back your stances, mm-hmm. but you you can take back your delivery if mm-hmm. that was unbefitting of you. Mm-hmm. So gratitude, owning your shit, getting conversational consent. And then you, you say, here's how things have been interpreted on my end, mm-hmm. right? Like, here's the story I've created. And then ask, here's my request going forward. And that's where you deliver whatever that crystal clear specific boundary, yeah. boundary is. Good. Good. Okay. So now we feel like, Oh, yay. Cool. I delivered it. My job's done. Nope. This is where the enforcement comes in. So what I typically suggest for people is to be ready to enforce, be ready with that reinforcement. So Be ready with a statement like, because they will likely breach it. They will, you know, so let's say it's, you know, my friend from years ago, her family, the kids come home and they say, oh, grandma read me this book or she took me to this church or whatever. Okay, so clearly the boundary has been breached. You go back to that individual and have a statement ready. Hey, listen, I know we had that conversation a while ago and, you know, my daughter mentioned that you took her to a church and I just wanted to see, was there any way that I wasn't clear? Because from my stance, that was something that I, I was, I thought I was being really clear about. They might become incredibly combative. They might tell you why you are wrong, why you are parenting wrong. None of that matters. I understand that you're upset and I am not at all asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to respect me. And I'm not going to debate religion with you, or I'm not going to debate, you know, parental tactics. I want to underline again that this is a deal breaker for us, or this is something that's really important to us. And I truly hope that you can respect that. And then internally, you decide how many chances, how many chances before I institute an actual repercussion. And the repercussion might be, 
listen, I've, I've mentioned this repeatedly to you. You have shown me multiple times that you're not interested in adhering to that or respecting it. If it happens again, we're not going to allow you to hang out with the kids at your place, or we're going to have to leave, or I'm going to have to hang up the phone, or I'm going to not participate, or I'm going to have your shit moved out of the house or (laughs) whatever, like whatever the boundary is. There's got to be repercussions. Right. And one of the things that I think is important to note about all of this, that is incredibly um, counterintuitive is keeping your calm and in your delivery, like we know that a majority over 90% of how we communicate is through our body language or our tone of voice. So a lot of times I'll say like, well, have you told her that? Have you told him that? Oh yeah. And I'm like, and how have you told them? And they're like, like a bat out of hell, just, you know, and just, and I'm like, would you hear you? Yeah. If you were on the receiving end, would you be like, oh, I can't wait to be what you need. You know, or would you be like, get me away from this yelling and screaming person? So it does not count as effective communication Mm. unless you have very calmly and kindly and assertively established your boundary or said exactly what you will or will not tolerate going forward. Yeah. The best thing I ever heard once is like, anger is not a point. (laughs) And if you have a point and you can keep and, and you have anger but you can make your point without the anger then save yourself the energy and just state the point. Yeah. It's like beautiful. Yeah. It's so That's true. Right. It's well, more powerful. Anger is also, we know from the work of Dr. Brene Brown, we know that anger is a secondary emotion, mm-hmm. meaning that there's likely something deeper underneath that mm-hmm. we have access to anger so readily because it's part of our primitive fight mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. But if we dig underneath that, And we have the courage Mm -hmm. to speak from that vulnerability of, I don't feel seen in this marriage. And that's Mm -hmm. why this anger is coming up. Mm -hmm. I feel dismissed or I don't feel valued or I feel overwhelmed, um, frustrated. I feel a sense of shame, guilt, whatever it is. If we're able to really pinpoint that, then we can better advocate for ourselves and what we actually need. Anger is usually just the armor. Yeah. It's like, what's going on behind that? Yeah. Wow, that was powerful. Oh, my God. Three-step process. Decide the boundary, deliver the boundary, and enforce, most importantly, enforce the boundary. That's very powerful. And I hope people are taking notes. I know I am. (laughs) So now that we have the boundaries, we have the steps. It's that it's still the voice, right? Like, what does it what does it really mean to find your voice? Because as you're saying this, I was trying to feel like what was going through me. Like, and you caught me a couple of times with my laugh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you're so cute. Um, But yeah, what does it actually mean to find your voice? Yeah, I think I think this is in the camp of speaking your truth or sort of these other phrases that we say that we're usually meaning I need to have a tough conversation. Mm -hmm. I need to um, establish a boundary. I need to learn how to say no. Mm -hmm. I need to uh, not dismiss things that I find offensive. Mm -hmm. 
So when I think about the the concept of finding my voice, what that really means is I'm practicing effective communication mm-hmm. that's in service of my self-worth. Ooh. Because here's the thing that people That last get. part is most important. Because it is. It's yeah, the insert because a lot of the the introverts are the ones who who are like, I don't want I don't like confrontation. Girl, get in line because nobody really does. I mean, I mean, we know a few people in our lives that probably like confrontation, but a majority of people, we don't like it. We don't like being at odds with people. We don't like having a totally different stance than somebody or having awkward interactions. Get in line. We don't like it. Okay, so let's just recognize that part. But what we don't realize is that when we perpetually and consistently silence ourselves and we make everybody more important, we are sending a subconscious message to our mind that our wants, needs, and opinions don't matter as much as that other person. But we cloak it in this idea of nobility of like, oh, I don't want to rock the boat. It's so noble. And it's like, No, no, no. What you are doing is you are confirming over and over again that you just don't matter as much, that your voice doesn't matter. So when I am telling you to learn how to establish a boundary or speak up or have a tough conversation, I'm not doing it for the fuck of it, for some arbitrary personal development exercise. I'm doing it because your self-worth literally depends on it. Hey. I mean. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is. This was. This is anyway. I don't know. We're remember we talked about the length. Of, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We're like we're going. <laughs> wow. So how? So I'm gonna say it goes back to what you said earlier, and I love that it's such a recurring theme that you develop that over time by continuously yeah. choosing one you, your self worth, and courage, courageously yeah. choosing yourself. That's right. So there's an internal and an external piece of that, right? Mm -hmm. There's the internal piece is fighting with the voice that's telling you like you're, you're being too needy. You're asking, you're rocking the boat. You're causing a storm. The, The family doesn't like when you do that, whatever the narrative is, right? There's the internal piece of, I am allowed to speak up for myself. I am allowed to, I am capable of establishing boundaries, So there's the internal piece. And then the external piece is the behavior, is Mm -hmm. the actual courage in action. Mm -hmm. That's you picking up the phone and having the conversation. That is, you know, being in the boardroom and saying, actually, I'm going to politely disagree with you Mm -hmm. there, right? So it's, we have to tackle it from both, both angles there. And it's with repetition, right? It's observing that fear. I see you okay, I'm, this is an opportunity for courage. This is not an opportunity opportunity to flee. I'm not actually in danger because I do think we need to assess that. Mm-hmm. And then go, okay, this is calling for courage. What would the courageous thing be in this moment? Hmm. And then you behave as such and you speak to yourself as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I work with women like for like nine months doing this stuff. So it's hard to like, encapsulated in this a tiny time frame but i'm hoping there's a couple of little actions but i'll be honest with you take. some like i repetition for me is um is such a great le- le- leadership pattern by the way for anyone that's listening like if you just take this episode for one and you say you know what i want to be better at finding my voice and no word of a lie if you just start to listen to this every single day 
right? For the mm-hmm. next 21, 66 mm-hmm. days or whatever, like you just actually come in and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this until I can actually almost say the words that she use the words that she's using. That's, yeah. that's a good start of actually yeah. got, starting to get this into you. And before you know it, you're in a situation where you will naturally, because it's almost like now part of your DNA, your operating system. That's right. You will That's actually right. just shock yourself and say, shoot, I just used what Amy Queen Smith said, you know? Yeah. That's right. One of the other things that's so funny that comes up for me is like, I continuously, um, like, you know, you need to lend voice to something when you can ask yourself before you go to bed at night, am I completely settled in life? And mm. I don't mean like, do I have everything I want? Right. It's just like, am I lying down from a space of peace? Mm-hmm. You know, and if not, then you actually need to use this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I also use that's brilliant. I love that. I really love that. It's, and it's sort of checking kind of for energy leaks. Mm-hmm. Like as you lay down, like, is there, oh, there's a leak with my friend over there. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to, I need to have a conversation there. Um, but one of the things that I think about all the time especially with stuff happening socially and politically Mm. in our culture. Do not allow your silence to make you a liar. And what I mean by that, I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was doing community theater. There was a gentleman who came up to me and he had a meme on his phone that was really disparaging to a mentally and physically disabled child. And he thought that it was funny. And that does not constitute comedy in my book and he's so he's showing me this meme being like isn't this funny isn't this funny in that moment the easiest thing for me to do would have been like haha and just dismiss it but I knew in that moment that that thing that he was showing me that was so offensive to me my silence would make me a liar it would make me complicit it would make me appear to be okay with that sort of behavior Hmm. and I'm not and that's integrity my friends I'm not walking around here to be a goddamn liar and I also don't think a majority of us want to attract those sorts of folks Mm -hmm. into our life so in that situation I also don't need to get into a big conversation with Mm -hmm. him I don't need to prove my rightness I just need to not let my silence make me a liar so I said you know what? I actually don't, I don't find that funny. I'd appreciate it if you just don't, don't show me stuff with that sort of a, a flair. All right, cool. I'll see you on the stage later, you know, and just mm-hmm. moved on, yeah. but don't get it twisted. I do not agree with that yeah. as comedy. Like, yeah. so that can be a baby step too. I think a lot of times we think if I speak up, then that means that now I have to, um, litigate my point like a lawyer Mm -hmm. and I have to like here's why I believe no 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 you can quite simply say oh I don't share that opinion but I don't think this is the place to get into it you know so funny that just I and I don't even know if it's related but that is such a like just what you talked about like just so transferable in so many moments so today for example I had this situation where someone said something someone wrote something some wrote an email to me and it was, I it was days later that I was responding, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, my first thought is like, oh my God, how do I address the fact that I'm 
only responding now. You know what I mean? Like, and I was actually writing something. I was actually going to write something that said along the lines, like I needed to go and find out some facts or blah, blah. Liar. (laughs) Right. And then I said, no, that I, I will not feel integ. I will not feel like I, I am integrity. Mm-hmm. After I hit send and I just wrote back and I said, I asked for grace in the delay in getting a response to you. Yeah. And I yes. said, do you still need my input or, you know, like, and I realized we do like just what you said, re, re, like we do that in such micro actions yes. a lot during the day where we don't even yeah. test our integrity and, and what it does to your subconscious, like what you were saying, it's big. Yeah. Yes. So when we're ta- when you asked me like what does it mean to find your voice it's these moments mm-hmm. it is it's not lying mm-hmm. it's saying like it's saying you know what my sincerest apologies for the delay in getting back to you mm-hmm. i have no good excuse but i appreciate your grace mm-hmm. right it's it's when somebody asks you um if you're available to help them out with something and you say you feel like you have to have a noble thing to, to decline. And so you say, uh, I have Beyonce tickets that day, or, Oh, I'm helping the homeless that day. Like you have to, you have to feel like, instead of like, oh, you know what? I'll be so honest with you. I am at my limit and I cannot say yes to one more thing. And I would hate to say yes to you and have to pull out because I, again, I'm, I'm about to crack. Please ask me next time. Right. So those are the pieces. It's having the tough conversations. It's establishing the boundaries. It's saying no. It is not allowing your silence to make you a liar. All those things in practice are finding your voice. Hey, so because you touched on it, and then after that, I'm going to go to Rapid Thrivers. I have one, one question, one, one quote that you said that I want to ask you about. Okay. Amanda Gordon brought up something really she was in an interview she did um this is so Amanda Gorman was the laureate poet that yeah so she said no is my greatest instrument in my journey no Mm. is its own verb noun and subject all in one talk about no and the power of no I was just talking about this with a with a client earlier today because she said I know that I've always heard that no is a complete sentence and I don't need to explain myself. And I get really torn when I feel like it is a little explanation is warranted. And I said, this is where there's context and nuance. So for example, if my best friend asks me to ask me if I'm available to come hang out and celebrate her daughter's birthday and I'm not able to go. And I normally would. That's a situation where some explanation is warranted Mm -hmm. where because of the nature of our relationship and because of the nature of the patterns that we've had, where I would always be there, that warrants a bit of explanation. So in Mm -hmm. my no, I would say, gosh, I am, just gutted. I would love to be able to be there. Here's why I'm not able to, because I want that in our Mm -hmm. relationship. Now, other, other relationships, other dynamics do not constitute an explanation. Mm -hmm. So it depends on what that is. Mm -hmm. One thing that I do see people double down on 
is there rightness around a specific circumstance? So uh, let's say that let's say that somebody in your family is trying to pressure you to host for a holiday season, you know, for an event, let's say. And they're like, but you've always hosted, but you've, so they're doubling down on their reasons why you should say yes. Instead of getting caught up in that bait, that bait of like, you need to justify why you're saying no, you can say, I've explained already, or I've I've shared with you all already that it's not going to be possible this year due to some other things that are going on with me. I know that this kind of throws a lot of things into chaos, but it's not something I'm able to take on right now. But, 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 and they rope you in and try to bait you in and, and they're litigating their point. And so you have to say, instead of focusing on the content of the explanation of what they're saying and what you're saying, you, you reiterate the boundary, you reiterate the no, you can say, I understand that you're upset about this. I'm not, again, I'm not asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to respect it. Mm. My no is not up for negotiation, unfortunately. Hmm. Brilliant. And that's, and that's it. And then in other situations, it's no explanation. It's no means no. Get get out of my face. Yeah. 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 Right. Hmm. So, so you have a quote that says you're responsible for your intention, not your reception. Love that. Yeah. This came about um, years ago, (laughs) years and years ago. But one of the ways I saw it really go into play in my own life. In 2016, I did um, a podcast that was, the title was a bit provocative and contrarian around dealing with the the presidency, the Trump presidency. Mm. The entire episode was around how do we communicate with people who are who are abusive, who are vitriolic, who are just indifferent or on different sides than us? Like, how do we communicate going into a holiday season with contentious family and all of that? What do we do? So and I was very clear to be I would be very different now, actually, but I was very impartial. And when I delivered that podcast, the reception was all across the board. So some people were like, thank God, I had no idea how I was going to navigate the holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Other people were like, oh, I didn't even catch it. Like they had the great fortune to not even, and the privilege to not even be paying attention. Then there were other people who were like, you lost a listener. I can't believe you would do this. And I was like, well, did you listen to the episode? Because it's very invitational for everyone to communicate with grace and kindness. And I was like, well, peace be with you, my friend, whatever. And so if I were to try to make sure that every single party was Uh, okay with me, mm -hmm. if I was trying to control the reception, it would be a rat race because the reception. Yeah, it was all over the place. was so all over the place. Only thing I can control is me, is my intention and how I'm showing up. That's what I mean by intention. How am I showing up in this world? And am I okay with that according to me? Not mom, not dad, not my partner, not kids, not according to me. Am I okay with how I've shown up? And so I went back and I listened to my episode and I was like, would I do anything differently? 
And I said, no, no, I feel like my side of the road is clean. And so that was an example where I had to let go of the reception. Did it hurt? Sure. Of course. It's always going to hurt when you have negativity thrown your way. Yeah. That doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I wish I met you years ago when I I had a video that went viral where that one that you talked about, it was it was actually not even about my name, but that's what they used to make it catchy for people. Mm -hmm. It was really about self-identity and how I found it through a place of returning back to love. Right. And starting over again. And people probably only saw the title. Like, so so my intention still was about we all as a human being. Yeah. Need to operate from a place of love and imagine the world that would, that would, we'd create. And the reason why yeah. it matters is because you matter, you know? And, yes. and so that was really, you know, and, uh, and so to your point, I remember feeling so like 10 million views, like 70,000 comments, like you could just imagine the nature of the comments here, or there, somewhere, I love you. And then some were like, oh my God, yeah. she's so, you know, like, and, and, um, but I also, but I recognize that I didn't have that quote at the time. I yeah. never challenged my intention yeah. because to this day, my key message is about you matter. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that when you could do that, that's so powerful. I love that quote. I love yeah. that quote. Thank yeah. you. And it's, I think, I mean, we could go into yeah. a whole emotional <laughs> intelligence yeah. arena, but part of that is being able to sit with the discomfort is yeah. being sit, sitting with someone not agreeing with yeah. you or being mean yeah. or not thinking you're making the right decisions and, and not taking that as they must be right, yeah. but yeah. rather Ooh, yeah. that just hurts. Yeah. That's a good way that to put sucks. it. That sucks. Yeah. What's yeah. the emotion that's coming up? It doesn't necessarily mean you've done something wrong. Yeah, that was big. Not taking it as their right. Yeah. I like that. So rapid thrivers, when you think of someone who inspires you, who comes to first, who comes first to mind? Brene Brown, um, (laughs) who I like to call our lady Brene of house Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's amazing. Isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, Truly. What is the daily activity that helps you with your thrive? Hypnosis. Um, I do, I think you mentioned earlier, I'm a a hypnotherapist. Uh, there's not a day that goes by that I don't do some form of hypnosis. I do it in the morning and at night, typically. What's the difference between hypnosis? I know I'm going a little hypnosis versus like meditation. It's essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. Meditation, uh, sometimes I've heard it described as hypnosis is like meditation with a very specific goal. Mm. you know, something that we're really trying to let go of work Mm. through Mm. temper, um, or change, Mm. you know, that sort of thing. And you can hypnotize yourself. Absolutely. All that hypnosis is, Mm -hmm. all that hypnosis is, is a slowing down of the brainwave state so Mm. that the inner critic Mm -hmm. tends to be a little quieter. Mm. That's it. That's all that it is. So we naturally go through hypnosis twice a day Mm -hmm. as we go to sleep and as we wake up. So it's just changing the, how fast the brain waves go mm-hmm. from awakened state to asleep. And we go to hypnosis is right there in the middle. It's called a theta brainwave state. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So that's all it is. Like if you've ever driven somewhere and you've gotten to your location mm-hmm. and you're like, holy shit, how did I get here? I don't yeah. even remember yeah, my state, drive. You were in hypnosis. hypnosis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is a book that's helped you with your thrive? Gosh, 
I'm such a Brene Stan right now, but um, <laughs> Atlas of the Heart. Oh, that, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that is a yeah. necessary yeah. reading for every human out yeah. there, like yeah. just a vade mecum for all of society, yeah. personally. I agree. I agree. An app that helps you to thrive. Oh, an app? I thought you said a nap. I no, was like, girl, a, yes. Yeah, nap, no, a nap, a nap. An app. Um, you know what? I have to say Voxer. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this. No. It's, it's like like someone who's a like a boxer, but with a V as in Victor. Um, it's basically like a walkie-talkie app. And it's how I communicate with all of my colleagues, a lot of my friendships, all my clients and students. And because I run a virtual business, Mm -hmm. it really helps me thrive in communication. So I would have it on my end. And if you want to just talk to me, you just, and it it sounds or how does it? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a, it's like a voice memoing system. Yeah. But if you are talking, it at the same time that I was listening. Yes, absolutely. I have to check that out. I've never heard of that. Oh, okay. oh, it's the best. And you can speed people up. You can save messages. I mean, it's the best. So I asked you a question earlier, like what still trips you up? But this question is around the, almost the same. But what is one misconception that people might have of you as you huh. like, you know, your coach, your podcaster, your your speaker? Yeah. yeah. My biggest misconception is that I'm an extrovert. Um, people oftentimes would assume that I'm an extrovert or that I love adventure and spontaneity because I present that way because I'm loud and gregarious, but I fucking hate it. I am, I can be in my house and not leave for like weeks, like the pandemic, I was thriving. I was like, I'm fine. Um, and, and I just don't, I don't like changes of plans or like spontaneity. So I think people assume that, that because I'm in sort of this, this work that I'd be more like, just allow, just go with the flow (laughs) and just, and I'm like, no, get it on the books. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's one of the best answers. So where do we find more of you online? Okay. So my little hub of the internet is over at amygreensmith.com. And uh, I always say that those three names, unlike your beautiful names, are spelled the very basic bitch way, Amy Green Smith. <laughs> very easy. <laughs> no fancy anything. Um, green like the color. And I've been doing a podcast for, gosh, almost 10 years now. So I've got a ton of stuff over there. Yeah. Like any self-respecting Gen Xer, I hang out the most on Instagram. Um, under the handle, Hey, Amy Green Smith, depending on when this airs, I have a, um, a retreat in, uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico coming up in May. Okay. So this airs soon. Yeah. So, okay. so people can sign up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we still have a couple of spots left for that, but I've just got, I've got a ton of freebies over there on my site. Come get, there's some free hypnosis. Um, so yeah, come hang out. I love it. And I will share all of your links on your website as well. And so this episode titled Empowered in My Skin. And so as a parting question, we'd love to know what that what that means to you or feels like in your in your skin. Ooh, um, being empowered in my skin. It's it's tough to 
narrow that down to one thing. I mean, my first instinct, you know how people always ask you, like, what is what does success mean to you? And mm. I've always felt like success to me is how I feel. Mm. And I think the same would be true for it, what makes me feel the most empowered in my skin is when I'm operating in such a way that I'm ushering in the emotions I want to feel. Um, I always want to feel happiness and joy and excitement and motivation and thrill and awe and wonder. And I, I think, you know, we don't talk enough about how all of our decisions, every, pretty much every decision we make is based off of how we think that thing will make us feel. Mm-hmm. And so to me, feeling and er, being empowered is truly about residing in an emotional place that feels really like home and um, and safe and peaceful. So, because I think about the things that are the, sort of the antithesis of that mm-hmm. are anxiety and overwhelm and frustration. And those mm-hmm. are the places where I'm not thriving and I'm not mm-hmm. empowered. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, residing in a really comfortable emotional space, I think. I love that. And nice. Anyway, I just, I actually really love you. I'm like, oh my God, as you, as you were going through this and I know I was supposed to, I was, I was present for most of it, but my mind drifted in one moment. I was like, how do I work more with this woman? Like, how do I, how do I work more with this amazing human? Like, got oh, we got to, so got to do something in person. Like, I know you're not about in person, maybe, but yeah. I need to get that gregarious extra. Yes. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, I always say I'm an outgoing introvert. So yeah. I love to do stage yeah. stuff. I love to do speaking and things like that. Um, but then I really want to quickly go back to my room and yes. order rooms. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm uh, very similar to you. I mean, I yeah. I love spontaneity. Don't get me wrong. But I, I'm a lot of people mistake me for being an extreme extrovert. And I actually yeah. truly enjoy alone time. It's um, yeah, it's important to me, you know. And I mm-hmm. think because I give so much during the day yes. when I am interacting with other humans, because it's so important for me to, for them to really be maximizing that experience that they're having in life, you know, um, and be, you know, that I just, I need to like, when, when, it, when I'm done at the end of the day, my, my phone goes on, do not disturb at like seven thirty at night. It doesn't wake up until like 8am in the morning. Like, yes. <laughs> That's called self-care yeah. right there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So thank you so much. I, I'm, I, like I've totally, I'm at an hour, so um, I'm going to be figuring out how to, how to really um, publish this podcast. I have an idea, which I'll share with you in the B-roll, but Amy, you are like, I could have kept going. Like I literally, I was lost wow. in the analogies. I was lost in your theory, the wisdom. Um, oh, thanks. You are incredible. And what you're doing mm. in this world is incredible. And the messages and your delivery is uh is 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 worthy of like big massive global stage so you know keep doing what you're doing and uh i'm excited to partner with you further i would love that okay i love that i love it yay for internet friends yeah (laughs) and to everyone that's listening this is where i say we're out (laughs) bye-bye so there you have it I hope you are thriving and feeling empowered and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, 
Whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Bilyeu says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome sharing energy with you. It's your girl, and I'm out.